subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. So, Chuck, you had fried gator yet down there? I have not had any fried gator, no. I have not uh, not made that move yet. I know that's something that uh, Florida fans were doing. They were roasting pigs prior to the Arkansas game in November at this point. There's plenty, plenty of good food down in Gainesville, being in that neck of the woods. I'm sure that you guys have got a place or two that you got marked on the calendar to, to go eat at. Well, you know, we don't get to Gainesville that often. Uh, that's the thing about it. I mean, we uh, and and sometimes in basketball, obviously this time's different. But you're kind of in and you're out. But um, Gainesville's a Gainesville's a long way from home. Yeah, it's one of the longest uh, trips that Arkansas has to make consistently. And we are Tommy and I were discussing. You really, I know basketball. You finally. Uh, broke that streak a couple years ago. You finally did it in football this year, but just I don't know if it's the trip. I don't know if it's because that Florida's had Billy Donovan and Urban Meyer, but you just have not had a lot of success going down to Gainesville in football and basketball. No, I mean, it's a whole different deal, and uh, basketball went for years and years without winning here. Um, won the first two times they played here and then didn't win again for like about <laughs> 20 years, it seemed like. Um, so... It's been tough, particularly in basketball. Now, a lot of times, it's be, you know, it is because Florida's been really good. Uh, now, they've dropped off some since, uh, since Billy Donovan went to the NBA years ago, but uh, they've, they've, they've always been good in basketball. And, you know, they've frankly been better than Arkansas in football. So mm-hmm. the times we've been down here, you've just most of the time, to be real honest, you've played better teams. And we will talk more about this game again 3 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN. Chuck and Z will be courtside starting at 2.30 from, I guess it's Azteca, Azteca Arena. I know they changed it a couple years ago. But it's still the the biggest story that has been discussed uh, amongst not just Arkansas Sports Talk Radio, but really in the South is Nick Saban. We finally got to hear from him yesterday in a conversation with Reese Davis. And so we're wondering, hey, why did he retire? What was the reason? Well, Saban cited yesterday in the conversation it was his age. Well, I don't think there's any good time, especially when you're a coach, because once you're a coach, you think you're going to be a coach forever. But I actually thought that hiring coaches, recruiting players, my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and it got harder and harder for me to be honest about. And to be honest, this last season was grueling. It was a real grind for us to come from where we started to where we got to. Took a little little more out of me than usual. And, you know, when people mentioned the health issue, it was really just the grind of, can you do this the way you want to do it? Can you do it the way you've always done it and be able to sustain it and do it for the entire season? And if I couldn't make a commitment to do that in the future, the way I, I think I have to do it, 
I thought maybe this was the right time based on those two sets of circumstances. Like I said, there's never a good time, but I thought maybe this was the right time. He mentioned there his own standard, which I think is interesting. He elaborated on that he feel like even though they got to the college football playoff, they didn't fully get where they could have accomplished to this point. The grueling grind at 72 years old to do what he has to do. I mean, this is a guy that at points will work till 2 a.m. and get up at 6 and start things all over again. Uh, I realize that sometimes we embellish what college football coaches have to do on a daily basis, but that there's other times that, guys, I don't think we realize the the work intake that Saban and these other dudes have to go through. They put in long hours. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, and, and now some sometimes we do glamorize it a little too much. Mm-hmm. I don't think Saban's staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning very often. Now, I think probably... Back in his assistant coach's days, I think he probably did. But I, I, I doubt very seriously that he's done that for a while. Um, he's done a great job. He's a great coach. But there are physical demands, and he talked about that. And, um, you know, just, um, you know, staying up late at night wrecks your body a little bit more when you're older than it did when you were younger. And, um, you know, I've always laughed about how – you know, I'll hear a head coach say, hey, we got a team meeting at 10 o'clock tonight. It's like, you're kidding me? <laughs> I've been in bed for an hour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think about, you know, Pittman's about my age and some of these other guys. And, I mean, Saban's 72. Can you imagine a 72-year-old? We're going to have a team meeting at 10 o'clock tonight. And things like that happen. And so that's um, that's the part that I wonder about sometimes when I see him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to equate what I do to what Nick Saban does, but I understand the fact that as you grow a company or you grow a program like he has and just the layers of responsibility that get added on that go just naturally go along with the progression of anything, the calendar becomes unrelenting. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. You know, Nick Saban, for all the success and all the money and all the things that uh, the fame and fortune that's followed, he doesn't get 25 hours in a day or eight days in a week. And... You look up, and the next thing you know, there's never a hole in the calendar. There's never an opportunity really to catch your breath. And I think that's part of what factors into this point. Do I really want this anymore? Because you used to have some places in the calendar you could catch a little downtime to, to just rest, like you, like you said, a little bit, and mentally unwind. And it's just there, there's never a moment now in this calendar anymore with NIL and Transfer Portal and all that goes along with it. Well, I think this is age. I mean, I don't mean it disrespectfully to anyone, but I hear all these people commenting on Saban, and all of them are about 25 years younger than he is. Yeah. And they have no comprehension of physically and mentally what it's like. Mm-hmm. Ne- nor do I. I'm 60. I'm not 72. I can't sit here and comment on what it's like to be 72. I have no idea. 12 years from now, I'll know. And um, But I don't know that we really, as people significantly younger than that, can really get our arms around you know, what happens to your mind and your body when you're 72 years old. You know, physically, the thing about Saban, to me, that's always been most remarkable are the physical aspects, that he can keep doing it, that he can be sharp mentally, that his body, you know, when you talk about guys being in pretty good shape, if you're going to work at 72, you have to be in, I'm not going to sit here and say you got to be able to run a marathon, Oh, well, you're right. But you can't be 250 pounds either and stand 5'8". I mean, you just can't. Your body won't allow you to do it. And so, you know, Saban's always kept himself 
in good physical condition. But when I look at him and I look at this decision, and I think about a guy like Pete Carroll at 72 at Seattle, there's only so much your mind and your body can do before it begins to wear down. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. He's not God. Yeah. I mean, he's flesh and blood just like the rest of us. And and I just think the age yeah. factor is what's made all the... Well, because, look, his responsibilities, even though there was an NIL or, or a transfer portal, there were other responsibilities. It's not like he was taking a month off in January before mm-hmm. or a month off before the bowl game before. Um, he's been doing this for a long, long time. Yeah. And I, I, I just think mentally and physically he's had enough. But... but- anything of this nature just the layer i mean just just naturally more things get put on your plate even when you're nick saban and i think that that just becomes part of part of the grind the other thing he said in this interview is you know what comes along with the age you're you're speaking you go into a living room or you interview a new coach to join your staff and they're you know they're naturally going to ask hey how long do you plan to to be here you know can you tell me you're going to be be the, my son's coach in three years. And he, he spoke to, it was getting harder and harder to be honest with people about, about what his future is. I mean, and, that, and that's just natural when you're in your early 70s. It's, it, it's just hard to say, hey, I can assure you I'm going to be here when I'm 75. No one can honestly say that. Well, he's wealthy. And as we've discussed before, you look at guys like Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden and guys like that that coached till they were about 80. They didn't make that kind of money. And, um, you know, I heard someone say yesterday, man, if he just stick this out for like two more years, that's $25 million. Just stick it out for another couple of years. $25 million bucks. Those guys, I think, back then were coaching because a million dollars for another year or two, you know, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. money for your family when you go. And so... I think that's different now from a uh, from a wealth standpoint. These, you know, Nick Saban's not just rich; he's wealthy. No, you're right. Big difference. He's got like six car, his car dealerships on top of all the money he's made in coaching as well. So. Well, uh, you know, again, that's uh, car dealerships make you rich. They don't always make you wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's uh, uh, he's a wealthy man, and when you're a head coach for five, ten years, and then you get fired, you're rich. But you're not wealthy. Yeah. He, you know, he, he has wealth now. And he'll continue to make, you know, seven-figure or more income just being Nick Saban, whether it's TV, oh, yeah. whether it's, you know, I, I you know Bobby Bowden made a, a lot of money in retirement just in speaking engagements. Now, Nick Saban will command a six-figure or higher price tag to come speak to Aflac, who he's a spokesperson for, or pick any other corporate 500. That's the... That's the part we don't see publicly because a lot of those those events and, the, and engagements are are private events. But they, you know, the guys of his nature claim a big price tag to go. Speak. Oh yeah, he'll 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 get two hundred thousand dollars to speak to a right. to a Fortune five hundred group of executives. Right, and that'll happen routinely as often as he just, wants uh, to do it. And, yeah. yeah, and 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 that's uh, that'll. Hey, he's got a pretty good line now. I mean, he's at, and I don't, I don't, I don't mean he's not, you know, the goat. I, I'm just saying he's got a pretty good line when he's up there at the podium. I mean, it's it's sellable, and he says things that make grown men grab a pencil and paper and write it down. Uh, he's got a, he's got the ability to turn a phrase. Uh, he's articulate. Um, yeah, Saban can give speeches as long as he wants. He doesn't, you know, Saban's not an entertainer. 
He's not a guy that's going to get up there and like, oh, it's that, you know, he's the funniest speaker I've ever heard. It's not anything like that. But he is the kind of guy that he can he can go into these Fortune 500 rooms. And again, I mean, he'll have, you know, he'll say something, and a 60 year old man will grab a pad and a piece of paper, or a piece of paper and a pen, and write it down because it's that profound. He's E.F. Hutton. <laughs> well, in many respects, he is. Yeah. Let's see if Ty, you get the reference? No, you're going to have to. Oh, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. People listen. And when E.F. Hutton speaks, people They used to be an advertising campaign for, a, I guess, as an old financial institution, but that was that was their slogan. It's one of the, one of the greatest marketing phrases used in that sector was E.F. Hutton. E.F. Hutton. Okay. He speaks, people listen. <laughs> That's Nick Saban. When he speaks, people listen. Did Don Draper put that? Now, I don't know if Don campaign. Draper did that. But anyway, Nick Saban. Um, yeah, it's it's going to change the landscape of the SEC and to some degree the sport with his retirement. And I'll be interested to see how this transition goes. I, I saw a deal that Tommy Reese is now apparently a a real candidate for this job. We'll, we'll see if that's a big. That would be name the greatest thing ever if they hired Tommy Reese. Nah, they're not going to hire Tommy Reese. They're going to give him an interview, but they're not going to hire him. Hey, one guy to watch: this coach at Kansas State. Keep on your him. eye on him. Keep your eye on him. For, for the Bama job? For the Bama why, job, keep your eye on it. Why him. do you think climbing? I, I'm just saying keep your eye on it. Okay. Got it. Okay. I, I mean, he, what he's done there has been pretty remarkable considering Kansas State's program over the last, well, since Bill Snyder left. Does he have a SEC connection? I know he's in North Dakota State prior to Manhattan. I'm just saying I think he's a good coach, and I, th- I think that um, I, I'm just saying keep an eye on him. I, I think they're – in fact, I know. I've read. There are football people in Alabama that want him. Now, whether or not he's going to be the guy, I don't know. I'm just saying keep an eye on him. Yeah. Well, I, I, so I was looking this up. So we, we can all agree that, again, Nick Saban is a legend, as was Bear Bryant. Do you know they won one title in basically 40 years after Bear Stallings with 92 or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, I, and I'm reading like I'm I'm like you you brought up Bobby Bowden earlier, Joe Paterno, and I'm looking through all these coaching legends after you referenced Ray Perkins yesterday, Chuck, uh, Ron Zook after Spurrier. Uh, you've got all these different names, and they're again the success either dwindles or it's nowhere near. I think, and we were talking about it a little bit yesterday. Bama's going to take a massive step back, and I can't wait because I've been so sick of their dominance for the past basically two decades or so or a decade and a half, and I think their fans are under the impression that they're still going to be the same great team that they've been the last 15-plus years, as is Oklahoma and Texas fans that they think they're just going to join the league and start dominating. I don't know who's more delusional, Alabama fans that think they're going to still have success, whoever their next guy is, or Bama or Texas fans that think they're just going to walk into this league and start killing it? I don't think Alabama fans believe it's going to be the same, or else they wouldn't be mourning the departure of Saban the way they are. They know what's going to happen. Um, They've been through it before. Now, the new generation may not have been, but people my age, the ones that pay for the program, ones that buy everything, uh, (laughs) they're the ones that do remember. And... You know, it can it can go south really fast, you know, depending upon how you handle it. And I think there will be some some inevitable drop-off. There aren't many. Um, you know, Saban was not forced out. Um, you know, there have been legendary coaches who have been forced out at the end. Johnny Majors was forced out at Tennessee. And Phil Fulmer actually, 
you know, kept it going and <clears throat> ended up winning the whole thing, I guess. May, may have gave him a hand in the back on the way you out. You know, so. Bobby Bowden was forced out. And then Jimbo Fisher, you know, ends up winning a national championship with uh, uh, Jameis Winston. So some of these guys are forced out at the end. Saban was not forced out. So I do think there's probably going to be a chance for more of a drop-off than there was then. They were already slipping at these other places, and that's why these guys were forced out. Um, the, 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 the slide's not that dramatic at Alabama yet. Now, it will be. Uh, but it's going to be on somebody else's watch. Well, the, the good thing is, is he did not wait like some of those coaches that you referenced may have waited. Now, Majors was a because they player. weren't wealthy. Yeah, because they weren't wealthy. But I think that's it is an interesting dynamic in the sense that technically he didn't go out on top because they didn't win the national championship based on his standards. But Alabama is still in a great position right now to have success moving forward. Even though I think they're potentially going to take a downturn at this point these other spots again there's legends whether it's the national football league you look at the new england patriots who are at one point the most dominant franchise in the national football league they're in a terrible situation right now post belichick based on what they have in the roster belichick went out at the wrong time he could have gone out on a high no he didn't and again Saban didn't win the national championship but you got to another college football playoff you beat georgia it's not the highest of highs but you're still not going out in a situation where, as you're saying, you're being forced out. Wealth isn't is a factor, but it's also going out at the right time too. Wealth is what gives you that luxury, though, Ty. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's 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 what gives you the luxury of being able to do that. But it's not he has that luxury. But the majority of coaches out there don't coach for money. It's just a byproduct. Oh, yourself. It's a byproduct. Well, and they don't start out for money. Once Correct. they have families and children and mortgages and college to I pay mean, for, of course they do it I for mean, money. Come on, Ty. Do you expect their grandchildren to actually work someday? Come on, man. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Come I on. guess. Uh, I don't they know. all suffer from affluenza. All of these coaches' families, they they suffer from affluenza. But again, it. Most of the time, it doesn't start out like coaches don't get in the industries because, man, I want to make a million dollars. But remember when Saban was hired in, in 06 or 07 there at, at uh, Alabama? People went nuts. They're going to pay him $4 million a year. It was unheard of. $4 million. That, you know, I was thinking That's yesterday. not even a starter's conversation I right know, now. I know. I was thinking yesterday about, you know, when LSU hired him, way back when, when LSU hired him away from Michigan State, Nick Saban was not Nick Saban then. No, no. And I remember how their fans reacted. It was like, who? You're hiring this guy from Michigan up north? Michigan State, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, his record wasn't all that great at Michigan State. I mean, it was, you know, it was good, but it wasn't great. And, uh, but, you know, obviously we know what's happened since then. But by the time, you know, when he was hired at Alabama, I mean, it had been, I mean, it had been discussed for months and months and months. Yeah. Well, look how hard they had to court him to get him. You know, he had to turn down the job. And then he's told the story about Mal Moore coming to the house. And after he'd told Miss Terry, don't want the job, tell him not to come. Well, he's already here at the house. And he went home to tell Mal Moore he wasn't taking the job. He was staying in Miami. And then before dinner was cold, well, he he was the head coach at Alabama. Mal Moore must be a heck of a salesman. Nick Saban's a good storyteller, too. Yeah. Because I, ding, I've ding, never ding. bought that story. He didn't? I've never bought that story. Wow. I've always thought he knew exactly yeah. what he was going to do. Breeze, I, I was like one of them Bobby Garland baby shad. I, I had it. You know. No, I'm not saying that. You know, I, I'm, I'm, it's a good story, and, and I've heard him tell it. 
But you can't sit here and tell me a guy decides over dinner, I'm going to leave the Miami Dolphins and go to Alabama. There's so many things that, again, happened during the course of what led to him getting hired. You think about Drew Brees not clearing that physical for the Dolphins. You think about Alabama almost, almost hiring Rich Rodriguez. I mean, that timeline, it's not as pure as some Alabama fans would lead you to believe. A lot of things had to happen mm-hmm. for him to end up in Tuscaloosa. Well, I mean, but... With greatness, that's usually how to think of all the things that had to happen for Tom Brady to become Tom Brady. I mean, Nick Saban, even when he was hired at Bama, wasn't, even though he had the national title, he didn't really become Nick Saban, St. Nick, until about 2010 or 11 when he'd put a few of them on the shelf and then he became godlike there. You know, and never looked back. I watched yesterday, you guys may have seen the video of him leaving his office and he's got. Two state troopers walking him from his office to his car just on a normal day. And um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's quite a scene in he, Alabama. He, I'll just put it that way. He held up the peace sign. Tommy was telling yeah, a story. I saw that. Uh, Chuck, I don't know if you were on with this yesterday, but Tommy was in the bathroom and what you had police clear you out. Oh, no, that was, at, to- at SEC media days. I wasn't there, but I just I witnessed. They cleared a whole bathroom there at the Winfrey uh, years ago. So Saban could take a leak. I mean, just ran everybody out. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McClarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Well, as we welcome in Ryan Brown on the McCarty Daniel How on Alabama again, trying to deal with who they're going to hire as the next head coach. Ryan, we appreciate you making some time for us this morning. I know it's been a crazy forty-eight hours for you or so uh in your opinion uh based on the sources that you have based on the conversations that you've had the last couple of days when do you expect announcement to be made concerning alabama's next head coach first off that was a heck of a speech i really enjoyed that and uh you're right man everybody you can't can't wait for your enemy to fall down you got to go beat your enemy that's pretty good 
Um, uh, I, I would, I would be surprised if not today. Um, uh, all the reports from inside the meeting with Nick Saban were that the players and assistants and people in the program that were in that meeting, and we know, um, we've talked to the people that were actually in the meeting, and this has been verified, <clears throat> that the, uh, they were told the expectation would be a coach would be named for the next 72 hours. Uh, by 4 o'clock today, that will be 48 hours, and then you get into the weekend, and you do have to, even with a school like Alabama, which is, you know, obviously, I think, you know, you can tell by the way this story has been reported, Alabama's a, a school that, you know, generates a lot of national headlines. But even with that, you've got to worry about, you know, being in the news cycle with the NFL playoffs and, and maybe not getting the play out of a hire you would want to get. I, I would be surprised if maybe not a press conference today, maybe that waits, but if you don't at least get uh, – the press release and announcement from Alabama today that their next coach is fill in the blank. So, Ryan, in your best estimation, who is that guy? Who is it going to be? <laughs> I knew you were going to want me to fill in that blank. Uh, there is nothing that can make you look sillier than trying to predict coaching search. Um, so I am not going to sit here and tell you I think Alabama is going to hire X. And, and I will say two things. Number one, Greg Burns. Uh, the Alabama Athletics Director is known to be a guy in searches that he, he kind of has um, the nickname of the Ninja because he, there have been times where he's done coaching searches where there's been a diversion. You're thinking this guy, this guy, this guy, and boom, he hires the guy out of the blue. Nate Oates was a little bit of that, the Alabama basketball coach. There were a lot of names that were floating around out there, and then one day, boom, the announcement that uh, Buffalo head coach Nate Oates is the new Alabama basketball coach. Um that said, the, the speculation and the Vegas betting odds and all of that have pretty much over the last 20, well, not even 24 hours, but since Dan Lanning kind of took his name out of the mix, have centered on three guys, uh, Mike Norvell at Florida State, Kalen DeBoer at Washington, and Alabama alum and Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney. So, I mean, the, the conventional wisdom will tell you it will come from that group of three, but also playing Greg Burns' history do not be surprised if it not only doesn't come from that group of three, but comes from a name that few, if any, have ever even mentioned as a candidate for this job. So let's talk about Greg Byrne. Obviously, this will go a long ways in defining his legacy. Uh, from your chair, your perspective, what what kind of moment is this for Greg Byrne? Is this a is this a do or die moment, or do fans have a I hate to even say reasonable expectation that there won't be a second coming of Saban uh, when they hire their next coach? Um, I, I would now look. You know, fans by nature are unreasonable, um, but I think any fan would tell you they don't expect another save. And I think uh, there is at least enough reason for people to believe you're not going to hire another coach that's going to win seven national or six national championships at your school. Um, that said, I mean the expectation is going to be, especially with an expanded playoff, that whoever this guy is is in the running for the national championship in the playoff, very, 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 very consistently, and in the running for the actual national championship consistently. I didn't add three berries to that one, but that's going to be the expectation. Um, you know, in, in, in terms of your question about Greg, Greg is very popular here. He's very well-liked. I think, the uh, by and large, the Alabama fans think he's done a very good job. Um, I would say outside of Kentucky, and you guys would have to tell me about Arkansas. I know Arkansas has got a very big, rich basketball history. Uh, I would say the Kentucky athletic director is most directly connected to the success of his basketball coach. 
I would suggest every other school in the conference, your athletic director is only as good as your football coach is, right? Right. Um, and like I said, I, I know Arkansas has an extremely proud basketball history. So, actually, that's one of the schools I'm not entirely certain how it works. But Greg is going to be judged on the tire, sure. And like I said, his job approval is very high. He's very well liked. But he also did go through a very, uh, very tricky situation last year with that Alabama basketball situation with Brandon Miller. And... Um, that was, those were tough waters to navigate for him. So, um, you know, this, this has not been the most stable, you know, three, 365 days for Greg Bernie. He's had to navigate that situation, which was extremely tricky, and now hire Nick Saban's replacement. So beyond just living in the shadow of Nick Saban, what, what challenges does this successor have beyond just trying to, to fill the shoes of the greatest of all time? Well, I think the SEC has never been tougher than it is once you include uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Now, the uh, flip side of that is you no longer you know, have to worry about being a one-loss team, maybe not making it in. You no longer have to worry about missing Atlanta because you lose to LSU on the road or lose to Auburn on the road. You know, you're, you're in a 12-team playoff, so it's, you've never had easier access to the uh, college football tournament. So, you know, that, that, that's kind of a double-edged sword there. Um, you know, I would I would say, and it remains to be seen, but it's always a storyline in this state. You know, I think most people think Hugh Freeze is going to have Auburn back to a more competitive level than they have been over the last four or five years. So that's always a storyline in this state. Um, but I, I, I think the bigger thing too is it, it is, and, and I, I, you know, I heard the cut you guys played from Reese's interview with uh, Nick Saban about how difficult it is at his age to keep this up. And I think the unsaid thing was there that one reason it's so difficult at that age is it's no longer just about X's and O's and traditional recruiting. It's now about a kid walking in your office who's one of your best players and saying, hey, I'm going to need $750,000 to stay at Alabama. And it's about, you know, a kid that is one of your highest recruits, but he's at a deep position, so he didn't get the snaps he thought he was going to get. And he walks in your office and says, I'm going to hit the portal, man. I mean, that is that takes a toll. And you can talk to any college football coach. I don't care if they're 27 or 67. They're going to tell you it has never in the history of the game been more difficult to be a college football coach. Yeah. And the NCAA has done them no favors with the calendar. It's an insane, stupid calendar that only the NCAA could envision. And uh, these guys just never stop. And it's why I think you'll see guys like Nick Saban just say, man, I love this. It's what drives me, but I've had enough of it. Yeah, We've been trying to figure out who the winners are out of this and which schools will benefit the most. And, you know, Georgia comes to mind. You mentioned Hugh Freeze and Auburn. We were talking yesterday. Think about Texas and Oklahoma. Here they are moving into the SEC, uh, coming in with the idea that, hey, this is the, the, the program you've got to, you know, meet the gold standard against. And now, you know, Saban or, or uh, Texas and OU will never have to face a Saban coach team in a conference game. Yeah, Texas got their, uh, got their, you know, they got their cut, got their blood, uh, this year, but it obviously was not a conference game. And, you know, I think there was a lot of excitement for, I would imagine, for Oklahoma and Texas fans to face, you know, what I consider to be, and I don't, I don't know how Oklahoma and Texas fans feel about it, but the greatest college football coach of all time. I think you, you know, you wanted to do that back in the day when Bobby Bowden was coach of Florida State or Bear Bryant was coaching Alabama. You wanted to go face those guys to say, I saw a legend coach. So, yeah, there's probably a level of disappointment in that. But I, I would say, for the most, I'm 47, um, and I have lived in this state my entire life. Um, 
Birmingham or not too far from Birmingham. And Alabama has never really had extended periods of down football. And, and the reason I would tell you for that is it matters too much to the fans. The fans of this state will not allow this program to be down long. They just cause too much uh, chaos. Uh, chaos is probably a bad word. Uh, but it's too noisy out of the fans if this program ever slips, and it forces Alabama to immediately have to address that. And that may be firing a coach or, you know, building better facilities or whatever the case might be. But, you know, there have been periods where Alabama has struggled a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I trust me, I saw the early 2000s with Mike DeBose and Mike Shula and all of that. I get that. But it doesn't normally last very long because Alabama fans demand excellence. So I, I would think if the expectation is Alabama's going to hire a guy and just settle to go back to 7-5, and 8-4, and four, uh, they've developed caviar taste. And if this new guy, whoever it is, doesn't come in and contend for championships, he will not last long. Ryan, last thing before we let you go, and we appreciate you making some time for us this morning. Nick Saban also said in that conversation with Reese Davis that he will have an office in the football stadium staying in Tuscaloosa. How is that going to impact the next head coach, either positively or negatively, at the start and really throughout his tenure? I will point out that while he may have an office in the stadium in Tuscaloosa, he also has a new home in Jupiter, Florida. And you will not find somebody that loves the state of Alabama more than me. As I just told you, I've spent 47 years here. Uh, But even I would tell you, an office in Tuscaloosa does not compare to a house in Jupiter, Florida. (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, how much he plans to be in that office and not on the golf course. Uh, but I do think it is the trickiest part of, of what will, one of the trickiest things that will face Nick Saban in retirement is that whoever the next head coach is, you're going to want to show him your support. That is going to be very important to that guy that Nick Saban give it his blessing and show his support. But you also don't want to cross the Barry Alvarez, Phil Former line where you're still there looking over his shoulder, and anytime he goes on for on fourth down, the camera cuts to Nick Saban to get his facial reaction. That is not what Nick Saban would want. It's not what the next coach would want, and it's not what Alabama fans would want. So I do, I do think there is, you know, there is a fine line Nick Saban has to cross to show his um, unwavering support of the new guy, but also not appear to be so tall that that guy's having to operate in his shadow. And I think that's tricky. Nick Saban's a smart guy. He'll figure that out. But I did do. I did think that was interesting that he said he would have an office to Bryant Denny. I, I don't. I don't know exactly what that will look like or even what that what that means. It's a big stadium though, so there's space for an office. Well, Ryan, we'll leave it there this morning. Again, Ryan Brown, the next round co-host in Birmingham. Appreciate you again making some time for us. I know it's going to be a wild show today, especially if uh, the coaching announcements made during y'all's program, Ryan. Yeah, one can only hope that happens. Uh, and then we can turn our focus to the most important thing this weekend, and that's the Miami Dolphins beating the Kansas City Chiefs. So I know you'll all be on board with me on that one. We got a lot of Chiefs fans listening, so they uh, might have a Dolphin fan or two on there. But we'll see what happens. Brian, appreciate the time, man. All right, boys, y'all have a good weekend. Chuck, I don't know if you saw the uh, the temperature again in Arrowhead, but it is supposed to be like negative 20, negative 30 with the wind chill this weekend. I mean, it is going to be as cold as it gets in that stadium ever in a playoff game. It's going to be chilly. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> I see those games on television, and I see those fans in the stands, and uh, I wonder how they do it. I wonder why they do it. But I'm sure they'll be, uh, they'll be yeah. jam-packed in there keeping each other warm. It's going to be so cold, I may have to wear sweatpants to watch it.
I was I mean, going to say, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have, have a hoodie on watching yeah, the game. Watching the game. So. That's pretty good. So we were talking earlier about the video of Saban pulling into the complex and the troopers meeting him. Also, the, the gentleman that's always behind him on the sideline with a cup of water, he met the car and got his briefcase out of the back seat. I don't know if y'all noticed that. I wonder what happens with him. His job is out of work. I mean, what, what do you do if you're him? Because his whole life has been following Nick Saban around with a cup of water and, you know, opening every door. I was thinking about, you know, back in the old days when the coaches, their headsets were wired. Yeah. You know, there was always the guy that carried the wires. It yeah. was generally like the son or grandson of a big booster. And when it went wireless, those guys were out of yeah, work. Out they of couldn't work. be down there yeah. anymore. Yeah. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I don't do a great job at looking at the weather. I think most of y'all know that, but evidently it's snowing right now. Months. I told you multiple parts an hour ago. I didn't I didn't listen. I know that's surprising to you, but uh, we got snow. Here in the open the window, so, man. Oh, yeah. it's open right now, Chuck. Looks beautiful. I don't think there's any snow in Gainesville. It's amazing. There. He knows the sun comes up each morning, Chuck. Uh, that's, uh, honestly, yeah, you're true on that. All right, let's get into your hog update. So I saw that um, we're getting incentivized right now to renew season tickets by <laughs> 11.59 today. They're going to waive those transaction fees, which is like 50 bucks. So if you're on the fence and you want to save 50 bucks and you think that Arkansas's home schedule this year is worth you know, going in on, you could save $50 on transaction fees today. Oh, that's good. They can take six of that $50 and buy that Chiefs game this weekend. Yeah, so there you I'm go. still hot about that, even not as a Chiefs fan. Arkansas, Florida tomorrow, 3 o'clock, ESPN, Chuck and Z courtside at 2.30, the big four-letter network. Uh, Chuck, you think about it, I know, again, the season hasn't gone according to plan at this point, but ESPN and the SEC really put you in some primetime matchups. A lot of the weekends and the schedules, they're hoping that, I guess, Arkansas turns this around based on the schedule that they kind of gave you this year. Well, this is a, you know, I mean, it's a it's a good Saturday game. I mean, you're going to have some uh, you're going to have some Saturdays with ESPN and ESPN2 and all of them where they're going to be some good games. Should be anyway. Caliber basketball's got to be good, but there's no doubt that you know, when you play on, you know, the main ESPN, you've got a lot of eyeballs on you. Yep, and hopefully Arkansas takes advantage of that and gets their first conference win of the season. Arkansas named Chris Bauer the Arkansas Edge Executive Director, hoping we get a chance to, to catch up with him this week. This is a search that's been going on for a little bit to this point, but guys, it looks like they have their leader starting in 2024. Don't know much about him other than he's a hot springs guy, went to the U of A, has been in the business world for a little bit. Hopefully, again, we get a chance to talk with, talk with them next week. Big job. I mean, uh, they're they're counting on success with this edge uh, nil to you know to be a you know five to ten million dollar a year factor in this program. So somebody's somebody's. I mean, it, it's one of the more important jobs in reality they've got up there. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight eight eight.
Sparky. All right, so it's cold across Arkansas right now. It's going to get colder, not just today, but the next couple days. At some point, it's going to be minus two potentially in Fayetteville. And I mean, we had tornado warnings last night. We had hail in our state last night. We got snow now. I'm uh, Sean's here from the Fitzman. When did the locusts arrive? Um, in about <laughs> oh, gosh, one, half hour. So you got to wait in Arkansas. Half hour, weather will change. Oh man, yeah, so. it is. Uh, it is quite again frigid in the natural state. So all y'all drive. Talk about what. Use the phrase you said earlier. What was the phrase you said about the grandma? Oh, someone texted in earlier. People out there driving like they got their grandmother in the car carrying a crock pot full of gravy. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's just Arkansas I mean, drivers you know, as a whole. Well, I mean, I understand there's a time to be. And listen, up 49, you get to Winslow in that area. It may be a, a, lot, a lot worse, uh, you know, coming up or down I-49. But right now, road conditions still, uh, you know, fairly fairly good right now. So be safe driving out there. I know for Kansas City fans, it's going to be cold and arrowhead this weekend. We got playoffs to talk about here on Offense Man Friday. Fence Man Friday Picks. Call the Fence Man for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fence Man. We ain't afraid of no work. All right, let's start in Kansas City where the Chiefs at home are a five-point favorite against the Miami Dolphins in Tua Tungavello, who's not fared most of the time well in cold weather. Guys, I've got... Actually, the Dolphins not just covering the spread. I've got them winning straight up. Uh, Kansas City's been off this year. You've seen it time and time again. I know they're at home, and I know that the Hunts are excited about this game Saturday night. But I've got the Dolphins moving on this Saturday into the next round of the playoffs, Tommy. What did you say the spread was? Minus five in favor of the Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs. I think uh, Old Man Winter has its way, and... uh... We'll tell you, it's hard. It's hard coming from Miami to, to play in minus twenty. So give me the uh, give me the Chiefs. Talk. What are you thinking, man? You going Chiefs? You going Dolphins? I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, but I think Miami's going to cover. How about I, that? I hope it's a good game, man. I'm just I'm rooting for good. Even though I'm not going to watch it, I'm just hoping mm. it's a a good just game. Just a man of principle. Man I principle. wonder how many people. Somebody needs to set an over under on uh, how many people are going to watch that game on Peacock. Will it be Third. the least watched oh, yeah. playoff game in a while? Hundred percent. Bet the bet the Absolutely. under. Absolutely. It'll be it'll be under thirty. I mean, that's a marquee game. It is. It's maybe the best game of the weekend. But again, five ninety nine. I don't have five ninety nine. Oh what? I don't have five ninety nine. Oh, I think the biggest I don't think it's the five ninety nine. I think it's all the things, the buttons you've got to push and the frustration and the stream I I think it's all those things. Just don't want to fiddle with it. And then that you gotta will cancel keep it. people from watching the game. Oh. Then you got to cancel it. Yeah, is that five ninety nine uh, for the show, or is that for the month? For the, the month. month, yeah. And so it's it's so you're going to spend six bucks a month for the rest of the year to watch one game. You can then can- you've got to figure out how to cancel. <laughs> That's it. The- Just because you're willing to cancel it, you've got to figure <laughs> out how to do it. Oh, Chuck's, Chuck's spot on the money. They're, they're they're taking something like that and just. I know you need to make some money, but come on. Set the tone right now, Chiefs fans and Dolphins fans. Don't yeah. pay for it. Stream it illegally. Listen to it on the radio. <laughs> Don't pay for it. I'll bet they pay for it. Oh. Uh-huh. All right, Sean, we haven't gotten your pick yet. You, uh, I, you know, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I don't think them uh, warm-blooded mammals from the South Florida is going to do it. So. Well, speaking of those warm-blooded mammals, let's talk about Dallas because they're in a soft environment. They're in Jerry World in AT&T Stadium where it's going to be a pristine 72 degrees most likely. They're playing a team in Green Bay that somehow, someway won the or got to the playoffs despite not winning the NFC North. 
Chuck, they are seven-point favorites. I know you think they were in, but do they cover against Green Bay this weekend? The Cowboys win. The Cowboys cover. Tommy, what do you think? Cowboys win and cover. I'm on the ship with these guys. I've, I've been America's betting against the team. Cowboys all year, and they've, they've done me wrong. They're They're wrong. Play well at home. <laughs> you know, as much as I'd love to pick my Green Bay Packers, I do think they cover, but they're not going to win against the Cowboys. So I've got Green Bay covering, but Dallas advances to the next round at this point. We've got a bunch of playoffs to look forward to. Cleveland at Houston, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, Los Angeles at Detroit, the, uh, the matchup, the old quarterbacks, and then Philadelphia against Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. So six playoff games this weekend, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday that you can watch. Plus, again, Arkansas and Florida, 3 o'clock. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Whoever succeeds Nick Saban at Alabama is going to be something we will talk about, whether the announcements later on today, early next week. I know that is going to be a big point of discussion. We don't have it yet. We do have who's going to succeed Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Gerard Mayo, former linebacker under Belichick with the Patriots. I think he played at Tennessee, if I remember that right. Uh, Chuck, you were, and I saw this yesterday that it was a possibility of this happening, but you were you were kind of reading a story a little while ago that there's a specific clause in Mayo's contract that kind of changed the the hiring process with him in New England. Yeah, normally in the NFL, you've got to go through the league-mandated hiring process. Um, but because this had been addressed in his contract, they didn't have to do that. And that's kind of what I thought was interesting about it. In, in, in his contract extension... You know, there was a, not just a clause, but probably a paragraph dealing with his succession, that he was going to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots. That, not, you know, not in so many words, but they wouldn't have written that into his contract if they didn't have an idea that he might be the one. So, you know, I'm not saying that you know, this was all signed, sealed, and delivered before the season began, but... You know, when you when you read that, it does make you wonder, did they have an idea, at the least, that when Belichick decided to hang it up, this guy was going to be the next head coach? Mm-hmm. I think the answer to that question is probably yes. Yeah, it's got to be, based on, again, that, that clause alone. So we'll see what his, again, future looks like in the National Football League. But as of this morning, that is the direction that the New England Patriots are headed at this point. So I asked Ryan Brown earlier about a potential timeline and again he listed the 72 hours that i think al.com's reported bruce feldman has reported and elsewhere do you guys expect alabama to name their head coach 
at some point today, and maybe not a press conference as he alluded to, but prior to the, all the NFL playoffs, which is going to suck a good chunk of the storylines and the attention from the media. Uh, some would say that the Alabama news surpasses all of that. But do they name a coach by today? Well, the media is rooting for it, but I don't think that the NFL playoffs have anything to do with what Alabama is going to do in terms of you know, uh, announcing a coach. I think we get caught up in things like the news cycle because it'd be good for us. Hey, big, uh, I say us, certainly the people in Alabama, the people that do national shows, um, you know, to have it out there Monday morning to talk about, that'd be great. But I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't get the sense that that's what's fueling Greg Burns action. Oh, well, let's be honest. The media wants it today. So don't interrupt their weekend. You know, if they have to have a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon presser or a Sunday presser, that interrupts the whole weekend. I want to so watch the playoffs. Let's get this out of the way today, boys. Come on, Greg Byrne. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> I got things to do. I got football to watch. Let's go. Now, that it seemed like New England had an idea of the succession plan based on kind of what occurred in Foxborough. Uh, don't know as much about Alabama. We heard Ryan talk about that Greg Byrne is a ninja when it comes to the hiring practice in certain situations i would argue hunter your check with must was kind of the same way we had no idea who what direction he was going ended up with your head basketball coach but i did find it interesting saban in his conversation with reese davis talked about that he decided 15 minutes before he told the players that he was going to retire take a listen to this and and tell me what you think very difficult because i love those guys sitting in that room i love those players there's nothing more that i respect than great competitors and uh, these guys all overcame tremendous resiliency. Uh, they committed to the program. Uh, they committed themselves to the team uh, for next year. And I wanted to go in and say, hey, I want everybody to make a 100% commitment for the next 12 months, but I got to be able to make that same kind of commitment if I'm going to be the leader and the coach. And that, that was a little bit of a dilemma. Tommy, you kind of alluded to earlier, I don't think this is something he just decided on a whim. This is something that's oh, been no. in the works for quite some time and i think just the the season and the way it unfolded chuck you've mentioned and i agree with you it's maybe his best coaching job in 17 years in season that takes it out of you i mean to to go where they went where the loss to texas then struggled against south florida benched the quarterback tried two new guys brought milro back breaking in a, another offensive coordinator once again all of that just it it, it sucks the life out of you and i think you know this year just maybe took more of a toll based on everything we saw publicly than privately you know dealing with nil dealing with the portal dealing with all the the demands um you know it probably just all added up that last straw on the camel's back uh, came this year sometimes you've just had enough yeah and that's not necessarily a negative you know um sometimes you can say i've had enough and disgust and turn and walk away move on to the next thing. But sometimes you can look back on your career, which obviously for him has been as good as it gets, and you can simply say, I've had enough. And that's where he was, I think. I, and look, I like Saban. I think he gets his due, and, and uh, um, he should. But, but you know, there, uh, there's, there's some drama for effect in there. Oh, no, no question. In, in, in the way he tells his stories like that. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I, I don't for a minute. Um, believe some of the things that he says but he says it well and because he's god in alabama it is it is as though god is speaking when those people listen to him down there and he knows he's got that pulpit 
Um, I, I, you know, that's a long way of saying. I, I, I think that, yes, I think he probably had an idea he was moving to the end of the line. He did say something that I thought was 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 very true. So when you're 72, you're 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 at that retirement point. It's either going to be now, or it's going to be next year, or it's going to be the next year after that. You're at that point where eventually you can't put the decision off. I mean, there comes a point where time catches up with you, and you got to make the call. I mean, now's the time to make the call. You put it off, kicked it down the road. Um, but I just think at that point he asked himself and gave an honest answer that I've had enough Well, and I'm wealthy, so I'm moving on. There's also a, a, a short window in the calendar when you can walk away and then you get to a certain point That's where a good point. There, That's there, a good point. you get much further down the road and now you've started plans for, for spring. You, you finished up your recruiting. You got to have a staff in place. There's a very short window where you're either in or you're out. That's a fair and, and, point. And if you're going to, to do the job and, and and leave the legacy behind you want to leave and all of these things and leave it better than you found it, which he was going to do regardless, obviously, uh, and do those that, that follow you a, a better service and not a disservice, that there's a very finite time of, uh, in the window in the calendar that you can make a, a decision of this nature. Well, because you are still charged with being the leader of the program. Yes. And what happens after you leave tells a lot about how you ran your program. And, no, your point's well made about the timing. And when he talks about how it affects others in the building, um, you know, just my experience working around head coaches, um, the ones that have long-term success care as much about the people in the building as they care about themselves, sometimes more. And I do believe every coach worth his weight is in a very real sense a servant of those players once you get to a certain point in the calendar. Now, clearly, they've got to please him. But overall, you know, you get to a point where your job is about making those players better. You know, you got to coach them. And your point about the calendar is is, is, is right on the mark. And... Um, Look, I, I just think it was time, and he knew it, and it's going to slip some. It was slipping a little bit anyway, and good. I think he knew it was time to go. Well, let it landslide. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, saving such a creature of habit? You know, he eats that grilled chicken salad every day. He follows a, a pretty regimented schedule. Can you imagine the first day where he wakes up and he doesn't have a, a list of 500 things to, to decide on? And I mean, how do you adjust? I, to, to me, that would be a... I mean, you'd wake up lost. What would you pay? I mean, how do, I don't, I mean, in my He'll fault, replace it with something else. I know, but... but He'll replace it. But therefore, dare to, it's kind of like being on vacation and, you, you know, you, you know you're going back to the to reality, but I, I, I just can't imagine understanding how you cope with that and deal with that for the first week or two. I, I, I would pay a lot of money to get in his golf group, but I agree with Chuck. He'll find something to, and it sounds like he's still going to be in Tuscaloosa from time to time. The amount of presence that he'll have there will be interesting to see if it's either a burden on the next head coach or if it's a help, but I think that he'll still, I mean, you just heard him in our open. He still wants to have an impact in college football. I think that he will obviously have television opportunities, and my suspicion about him is that he will jump into that with both feet. Um, I, sus you know, 
unfortunately, everybody thinks that you just step right into that job and it's easy and anybody can do it. You just sit down um, and talk. How hard could it be? Yeah. But I think <laughs> that what he will do is immerse himself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of these former coaches and players do immerse themselves in it. Now, some don't. Some don't. But most want to be good at it because they're competitors. And I think Saban will be in television, and I think he will want to be good at it. And I think we will see for about five years he, him being, uh, if he wants to be, I'll put it this way, he can be as big a star as he wants to be. Yeah. Well, as much as he wants to throw into it, they'll be ready for it. Here's my prediction. He'll, he'll do television, like you're saying, to provide the voice and the platform for the, for the change he wants to spearhead. I think he's going to be the, bo- the voice for all college coaches and the voice for college football in shepherding change and reform for NIL and the portal and you know trying to, to navigate some of those landmines out there with the NCAA and the multiple conferences. He's a respected voice. He needs to have the visibility of TV, but I think he wants to do something greater for the game now that he's away from the one job and being tied to, to being self-serving for Alabama necessarily or the SEC. And I think maybe shepherd in some of the changes we've all talked about needed for the game itself. He's the last best hope for the old guys, yeah. but I think he's probably only got a two- or three-year window to do that. Um, I would love for Saban to change the game back to the way it used to be, but I don't know that if uh, that's, that's, that's going to happen. You know, one of the things he's, he's I'm sure, thinking about now is that you know, he's, he's you know, taken care of players and teams and programs for decades, and you know, his players and his team and his program now is going to be his family, his grandkids as they come along, and, and he's going to want to provide for them, and uh, they're going to become his team and probably much more so than they ever have before. And uh, he'll still be the head coach. It's just his family will be his team now yeah. and, 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 and not 100 kids. Yeah. Uh, he's done well in the sense that he's been on ESPN. Uh, Herb Street always talks about He always asks him, out, how'd that go, Kirk? And it's like, oh, you did a good job, coach. So I, I think he'll be successful. When it, well, whether he'll be successful at anything he does. I think he will polish himself, though, is what I'm saying. As a, as a media personality, I think he will become polished on television as opposed to just being a coach on set. That makes sense. All right, let's talk to Sterling, who has some thoughts on Saban. He's with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Sterling, good morning. You know, Saban, in his retirement, it, you know, it's always strange. Because something can be a shock when it shouldn't be a shock. You know, anytime a 72 year old retire, it really shouldn't shock shock you. But it did shock me at this time. I I know Chuck said they, they were slipping a little bit, but you know when you win national championships every other year, you can't. I mean, it's no place to go but down. <laughs> You're yeah. right about that. I'd I'd like to be in a spot to slip like that for sure. Right, and and I think he did go out on top. In my opinion, you know, looking at your coach's eyes, with, with that team right there, through Ty, others, myself even bought in because, you know, Ty's, Ty's my hero who I want to be when I grow up. Uh, <laughs> you need new goals, said, man. Alabama, <laughs> you know, Ty said they're going to lose three or four games. You know, he convinced me, and I agree with me, and they're eyelashed from winning the national championship Yeah, with this team. And there wasn't nothing wrong with those predictions after that South Alabama game. That, that wasn't an outlandish. You didn't go out on the limb saying Alabama's going to lose three or four games. 
We should have beat the only them. Thing, um, the only thing wrong with them is they were wrong. We should have beat those <laughs> bums in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, they, they were so bad that Arkansas should have won the game. Should Could have beat them. So, if that tell you anything. So, the coaching job that he did this year, taking that team to where he took them and leaving now, in my opinion, he did right on top. And what y'all were saying about what he's going to do next, if he talks to me, I tell him what he do next. Go coach a, a peewee football team. <laughs> and I want to see what Pan, I want to see what Pan going to come to him and criticize his coach. Oh, there will I be. I, I promise you. That. Yeah. I, and that's what I know. That's what I know. Yeah. That's why I want to see it. Y'all got to have a great day. Thank Thanks, you, Sterling. Sterling. Appreciate the uh, the kind words here this morning. I, I am excited to see what next chapter. <laughs> he didn't pick up on the sarcasm. Uh, no, I but, don't think so. No, it went right past him. That's okay. My, my sarcasm meter was like going crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Begging out. Must have just been me. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, when when something is said to me in a sarcastic or facetious way, I just choose to ignore it and yeah. accept it as uh, as right. true. As, live as live true. blindly in this world. That's yeah, all right. You might man. as well huh? live ignorant, but. No, I am excited to see what next chapter of his life. I, I kind of agree with you, Chuck. Well, I don't think it's going to be a 10-year stint where he's working with the college football. I'd he's probably... 72. There's not many chapters left in life. I mean, Well, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, he's he's coached and worked so long that, you know, the, I mean, I wish him nothing but a long retirement. Don't get me wrong. And he, he appears to be a really healthy guy. But. You know, my gosh, he is seventy-two. Yeah. So none of us, you know, none of us are going to be around forever. Not even, uh, not even Nick Saban. There's an Ar- Arkansas analyst role that he could take if he wants to do that. We will absolutely offer him that if he chooses to go in that direction. You think he's going to come up here and do that? Save the program? Yeah. yeah. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, you mean like a coaching analyst? Yeah, you think that's be, what he's going to do? Yeah, if he wants right. to be an analyst for Pitt, I don't know. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.